there, everyone, and welcome to the Living the Grace Life podcast, our special Easter episode, episode 13. We've got a special look here because we've been going through the book, The Grace Life, what Philippians teaches us about loving one another relentlessly by our pastor, Joe Davis. We're going to go through the book, take a look and see what that says about Easter this go around. But first, we want to say hello to our studio host behind the window, Wayne Dallaire. Wayne, how are you here on this episode? It's a baker's dozen, episode 13. Oh, fantastic. Happy Easter. Happy good, Easter good to, to you. Anyway, I Why do you, you scowl? I warned you, Joe? don't make any baker's dozen jokes about episode but 13. But it's not a joke. It's literally, it's, you get an extra, you get an extra, don't you get an extra like it? Duncan, like, and that's all we have for the podcast this <laughs> this week. Thank you for tuning in to Living. The- I'm telling you, oh, 13. Geez. It's a good, yeah. It's an exciting <laughs> show, and it's going to be a refreshing look. Joe, jo, when you wrote the book, by the way, did you? I mean, obviously, resurrection. Paul talks a lot about crucifixion. In your head, talking gospel as you're writing these chapters, going through each one, is is that always sort of in your head, on your mind? Like, well, this is how you know. You know, how I got to say, no. But when I'm writing this, I was just thinking about how jealous I was of the Philippian church uh, and their spirituality uh-huh. and their understanding of grace and their connection to the Apostle Paul. So when I was preaching the sermons and then writing the book, I was like, man, this is. This is the kind of church that I want our church to be like. And so at the time, I didn't really have any, you know, how can I work in the story of the resurrection or anything into that? It just kind of goes as an assumption that we believe it and understand it. Right. And the reason the Philippians are like this is because of the work of Christ. This is what it's going to do. So, well, that's so great. Well, we're going to get into it. It is all coming up right here on the Living the Grace Life podcast. It's interesting, Joe, that you say that. When you open up the Grace Life book here, page nine, this is chapter one, the first, well, you title it, A New Creation. You have on page nine, uh, Philippians, let's read one six, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Then Philippians 1, 10, 11, also here Paul says, So be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, Paul is writing this about 60 AD. That would be about 30 years, I guess, after the events that occurred. Yeah, ish. So when he says at the day of Jesus Christ, he says that, or on the day of Jesus Christ, or for the day of Jesus Christ. I mean, is he taught? Is he making a reference to what has happened? Is he making a reference to what is to come? Say, That's a very Revelation? good question. There are di- there yeah. are differing opinions on that. Huh. Some say that he is looking back in a kind of a past perfect sort of way. Others say he's talking about the the return of Jesus, ah. uh, and you know, and that that day that we are reunited with him and our heavenly dad. But either way, the point that he's making is, and it kind of goes back to our Good Friday special we just did a couple of days ago. Yep. 
the perfection of Christ in his suffering and in his death and in his resurrection is the reason that we will be made perfect. We are made perfect in his sufferings. It's one of the reasons why Paul says so much, count it a joy to suffer like Christ did. Because in reality, it's not only did Christ suffer, he suffered in a way that was perfect in his response to it, his reaction to it, his accepting of it, and the culmination of it resulting in his death and resurrection. And so when Paul says, I have confidence that God is going to do this in you, going to keep you and make you perfect on the day of Christ, it's all related to the perfect work of Christ on the cross. Whether he's referring to what he did in the past or referring to what he does in us in the future when we are glorified, it's really kind of irrelevant. Because could the, be both, right? The, it could yeah. be. The result is the same. I just see it now in a new way that you just said that, because I think about when I go back to the beginning of the Bible, I read Genesis, and as I'm seeing creation and I'm seeing God taking what it is, and Genesis getting, okay, forget uh, in terms of the exacts or dates, or like Genesis talks when we're mentioning this molding of creation. And it is almost like Paul maybe is getting at that in the sense that he's saying that we are a work in progress. You go on in there in page 12 and say, here's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The words new creation, you say, are important. The old life has passed away. The new life has been born. This new life is a gift from God who through Christ reconciled us and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So what you're saying here, Christ had to have the perfect suffering. Is that Christ reconciling us to himself? Is that So to understand that idea, to understand we are a new creation, the old life is gone, we right. are new. You cannot think of that in terms of sequence. By sequence, I mean we live our lives second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. We are bound by that. We cannot do anything to reverse the effects of what last week's actions that we took are having on this week's reality. We can't change any of that. What the resurrection did was actually roll back the consequences of Christ's suffering and death, uh, suffering, which was his death, but the power over death made time for him irrelevant. Because the fact of the matter is he was able to conquer not only sin and not only death, but the sequence of those things that happened that resulted in his sinfulness. And so when we think about old creatures passed away, all things become new, you almost can't think about it in a way that is bound by how we live our days moment by moment. It's almost as if he's saying, I want you to begin to live and and think about living the way you will be. The yeah. way you are in, in the way God sees us is what, Jimmy? God sees us as perfect mm. in Christ. But wait a minute. At this moment, we're not perfect. Well, how can that be? Right. How can he see us as perfect if clearly I'm not perfect? Well, that's because God is not seeing us in the moment that we are right now. He's seeing us after the work of Christ is completed, the day of salvation. Wait, what you just said kind of blew my mind <laughs> because what you're saying here. The resurrection, it is happening. Today is Easter. Today is the day it happened. But guess what? It's still happening. And guess what? It's going to keep happening 
over the course of time for the people that aren't even born yet. Are you saying, yes, like, see, am I getting into the, the resurrection is more than a moment. It is a transcendent change, a transformation of how God interacts with sinners. I mean, think about what was done away with when Christ died. The scripture says the temple veil was ripped from top to bottom. He said, I will destroy this temple and build it again in three, three days. days. Well, we know that that timing-wise, that's impossible. You can't build a temple in three days. Well, you can if the temple is not bound by time, if it's not bound by death, if it's not bound by the corruption and destruction that is this world. And so the resurrection is not, it did happen at a moment in time, but the ripple effects, the ripple on effects of that resurrection have allowed us to be enabled to escape time. And how do I know this? Because the scripture makes it very clear. We become eternal spiritual beings in Christ. And I think so many times we, we, we fail to grasp the concept that right now, at this moment, God is enjoying us in our glorified state. We're not there yet. But Paul says, I am confident this one thing, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until, until the day of salvation. So right now, the reason that God can see us perfect is because he sees us, our future selves, with the full work of Christ taking its full effect, and we have been transformed and glorified. Yeah, he's looking at a different, well, he's not <laughs> bound, like you're saying, by time or bound by the time that it is that we are right now That's correct. judging ourselves. So does that referencing go back? Because I'm just thinking about Exodus here. And so with the idea of the Israelites being led out of slavery from Egypt, the metaphor, the the idea that here we go, 40 years it takes them to walk what it should, 18 months, as they're wandering about, who knows where they are half the time, they get to the promised land, they can't get in, but God is speaking to them through the laws and through the covenants as if they're already in the promised land. It's it's almost exactly what you're yeah, saying, where God's a, way ahead of the game, way behind the game, and he's, he's teeing it up to where we are basic. But then, I mean, what do we do with that? So I, like, think, I think understanding Easter and the resurrection in this light will be transformative for our listeners and for anyone else who can, who can grasp this concept. Easter was not just that he was dead and then he was risen again. Easter is he was able to, because of his spiritually perfect being, he was able to reverse and counteract all of the laws of nature that have taken their grip upon our lives because of our sin. And he says, I have redeemed you not only from your sin, but from the end result of your sin. Because the scripture says the price for sin is death. Right. The wages for sin is death. Yeah. And we also know on earth, the end result of our time on earth is death. death. So there is a mathematical connection between sin and time that cannot be argued. And what the resurrection does is not only does it set us free from eternal death, but it sets us free from having to live in fear of our life ending. We now become new creations Old things are passed away. All things become new at this moment. Yes, we're still living in a world that is surrounded by death and corrupted by it, but the resurrection is currently working 
in our lives and in all those whom God is calling out of darkness into life. Does that mean at this stage, are we able to tap into some of that future? Let's call it timeless, you know, because Paul goes on to say that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Is he getting into this space where you're saying that, well, wait, he knows that it's almost too literal, I think, to look at that he knows for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. It's almost like now he's saying something even so, bigger than what it was, than the literal sense. So well, the I want to be with, yeah. You know, yeah. The resurrection enables you to live life in a four-dimensional chess perspective, spiritually speaking. All right. Before, now wait, I got to write this down. Before, <laughs> before, Four dimensions. before Christ, all we have is what we see moment by moment on this earth. That's all we have. And we know before Christ, this moment by moment life, which is demanding every aspect of our attention, every aspect of our effort, every every fiber of our being is designed to try to make this moment by moment existence the most it can possibly be because it's going to end and there's nothing after. In Christ, there is a whole new dimension added to how we live on this earth. We're not playing three-dimensional chess anymore. We're playing four-dimensional chess. There's an eternal component that that is like making knowing that there is a life after this one because of the resurrection of Christ gives us the ability to see the world its history its future its current in a whole new perspective that allows us to tap into the power of the gospel moment by moment while we're here and it goes into Ephesians yeah. 2 for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared when beforehand that we should walk <laughs> into, or the way I like to translate it, that we trip yeah. over. And so, yes, the way you tap into it, you have to understand once we are spiritual beings, these new creations, we have a whole new perspective of time. And that is, yes, right now I'm bound by it, but one day I will not be. So when not bound by time, because you say on page 13, when God applies his grace to your life, which to me is, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, so the, in this other dimension, this grace has been applied and you become a new creation in him. You say he transforms. And I like how you say this. He doesn't transform necessarily just you. He transforms your relationships and gives you a supernatural uncanny ability to love people you don't even know that well. Just like Paul, once you have experienced the gift of grace from God, you will be able to live the grace life, extending it to others. So in this other dimension, as we understand the grace given to us through Christ, through the resurrection, it manifests itself, are you saying, in us being able to then have proper relationship with God through what Christ has done so that then we can have proper relationship with those around us, because I know with the recovery community that I'm involved with here in Sarasota, we know, and what we've been taught through 12 Steps is when your relationships are suffering, something is going on with you. And when you're focused on you, that is when your relationships are suffering. So what you've just said, this new creation in this fourth dimension is almost not focused on you. It's not about you getting everything right and you being saved and you having all this. It's, oh my gosh, now that I'm in 
the freedom of this other dimension, would that be right that we are then able to it's a, you look know, at our relationship? Yes. So our relationships are processed differently. So that's true. The best way to explain it would be this. I'm a huge Bucks fan. All right. I love football. I love the Bucks. I've loved them since 1976 when they came in the league. I've met other people that were Bucks fans. Oh, you're a Bucks fan. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Maybe if they won some more Super Bowls, we'd have more to talk about. But really, no. I can meet a stranger and we find out that we're both believers uh-huh. and we're connecting on a different, inexplicable level. Uh-huh. And we don't even realize what's happening is it's that eternal fourth dimension connection. And, and this is going to be somebody that when I get to heaven, hey, I remember meeting you at that restaurant when I was your waiter or when you were my waiter. I, I remember meeting you in that in that parking lot when you helped me change a tire mm. and we found out we were believers. Isn't it amazing the journey we've been on? And so there's a, there. you see what I'm saying? But, yeah. but that's in heaven. But now I don't, we don't realize it, but there is a connection, spiritually speaking, that we can enjoy because of the resurrection. Even if the meeting is just for a moment, it ends up being eternal. You know, th- that's almost critical because you have here First John three fourteen to 17. Is, is this what he's saying then? We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding Absolutely. in him. Absolutely. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Jim, what what better way to explain the fourth dimension that we live in? What, you would die for someone else? Well, no, I'm trying to make sure that my moment by moment is the best that it can be. And so what he describes there is if you have eternal life within you, if you have time, instead of saying eternal, timeless life, within you, your values have to change. And when you say timeless life, okay, we can talk eternity and salvation in one way, but it sounded like at the beginning of what we were talking about that we are already living some of that timeless life right now on another dimension where days and weeks are not count. What is, what is that? Well, so, so one of the practical results of being an eternal being is that we were able to take moments in our time, redeeming times that is normally would be evil or dark. We take moments, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The scripture says that we can take moments and turn them into sacrifices of righteousness that echo for all eternity. And so if we are doing something that God has prepared beforehand that we trip over, Ephesians 2.10, we walk into this work, this, this act of righteousness, and we perform it perfectly, just like Christ did on Good Friday, if you remember what we talked about. We walk into this act that God has prepared for us. We, we perform perfectly according to his will and by grace and through faith, and we perform this work of righteousness. That work of righteousness is an eternally echoing sacrifice of praise to our God. And so one of the ways, pragmatically speaking, that we live out this new dimension of life, this timeless life that we've been given, is we are actually to have sacrifices of moments of service and love to one another, to others uh, that echo forever. And that's a result of Ephesians 2, 
it's a result of, frankly, the resurrection of Jesus that we're celebrating this Easter Sunday. Yeah, so if that's the resurrection and the timeless value now that we can see our lives now have, not just for ourselves, but for those helping us, what? so how, what do we do differently? So, okay, I know all that, but if I'm not compelled, if I'm not supernaturally feeling, like now that you've opened my eyes to this fourth dimension that's happening right now, <coughs> How do I now go out so, and do something different than maybe I would otherwise? So this is why I love these podcasts. So first of all, just for everybody knows, there's no notes. <laughs> this is I'm not just pre-prepared. To I rem- you, and so yeah. this conversation just is born out of our discussion you of the resurrection. Something about time one time. And I was like, what is it? And so, now I, I think you're getting into that space. Well, Romans 12 tells us, I beg of you, therefore, brothers and sisters, because of the mercies of God, the mercies that have made us eternal, just present your body as a living sacrifice, living moment by moment, holy and acceptable to God. And the script, many are translating it, which is your reasonable service. I like to translate it in the modern day vernacular. It's the least you can do. Mm-hmm. I beg of you, therefore, brothers and sisters, because of the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, which is the least you can do. So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. There's that fourth dimensional living, this new way we look at the world. Our minds are no longer bound by thinking in sequence of time. We can now think in terms of eternity past, eternity present, and eternity future. And and that is a gift of faith. That is a spiritual enlightenment that we have. Ephesians 2 talks about being quickened and made alive and the enlightenment that we have, the regeneration that takes place. When that happens, we are now able to live moment by moment because the knowledge of eternity impacts our current value structure. And that is all a result of Jesus conquering sin, death, and time in the resurrection. We don't have a question on that, Joe. <laughs> There's something wrong. Uh, for those of you out there with a question on Joe's fourth dimension, time travel, and oh, exactly geez. what's happening <laughs> in this world of today, email us at Living the Grace Life Podcast. That's Living the Grace Life Podcast at gmail.com. I wasn't expecting to time travel here for the Easter message, but that's an Easter message, right? I mean, at the end of the day, what you just got into. <clears throat> I feel a freedom now, and this is the idea, I guess. Why not live in that fourth dimension? That's reality. Living in eternity Isn't that, now is the is whole reality, point. right? Yeah. Isn't that what John says a lot? The eternal life is is the now, and isn't that what Christ says most of the time? Besides, don't be, do not fear. Doesn't he say he's bringing the kingdom here? And by him saying that, then two thousand years ago, through this resurrection. Each and every moment of what we call time, he's bringing eternity Correct. here second by second. Yeah. And I think that's so weird. A great way to a great way to kind of summarize it is this heavenly dad with Jesus right now is enjoying us in our glorified state, free from sin, 
free from death, free to live eternally in perfection, in his presence. He's enjoying us right now at this moment in heavenly places. Well, it's the garden, right? Yeah. It's, it's, Aren't we going all the way back yeah, to it, before the fall? Isn't he enjoying us? He created us. Isn't, he, isn't that what's happening? I haven't put that together yet. So it's possible. But for me, I I just I I think for us, for this Easter, if our listeners and people who might listen to this, if they're looking for a way to enjoy Easter in a different plane than they ever had before, just think about the fact that Christ not only conquered sin and death, he conquered time, which enables us to become eternal beings. So the resurrection isn't just about a sunny day where you yeah, get up and yay. go to church. Right. The resurrection is continually happening and it is continually having an impact that allows us to be children of God, adopted by a heavenly dad who were dead in sins. He makes us alive in Christ Jesus. And when these moments of opportunities come to, in your life where you can serve him, just think, wow, he prepared that beforehand. And the reason he was able to do it is because of the resurrection. It's like watching time unfold right in front. Of, yeah. And to be a part of it, it's the, it's the way that we can give back almost. And thanks be to God. Thanks be to Christ for what was done, not just for us back then, but what's being done at this very moment. I love it. Well, that's our show for today. On behalf of Pastor Joe, studio producer Wayne Dallaire, the entire team here at Jump Dog Audio Productions, I'm Jim Hobbs. See you next time. And remember, whatever you do, each and every day, regardless of what dimension you're in, keep looking to Christ so he can keep you living the grace life.